released 25th of April 1994. This album put the band on the mainstream map. This band's third studio album was released on Food Records, certified four times platinum in the UK. This album led the way in the Britpop scene, selling 5 million copies worldwide. Originally, the album was going to be named Soft Porn. It featured their highest charting US single, which came in at number four. The album cover was immortalised on a postage stamp in 2010, and it lost out to M People's Elegant Slumming in the 1994 Mercury Music Prize. A legend of the mod scene, an actor performed guest vocals on the title track of this album and energised a song from an annoying demo. It was also in EastEnders. It features references to our very own, Colchester's very own, the A12. Enemy cited, on paper it sounds like hell on earth, in practice it's joyous. It was an album that defined both of our young lives. And interestingly, I swapped this album, the first time I listened to it, for E17 Steam. I'm of course talking about one of the greatest albums of all time, Blur's Park Life. Park Life! They probably guessed that from all those terrific clues. I wonder. Where did you source all that information? My head. Interesting, you've written it sounds like Hellman's (laughs) in practice. (laughs) Hellman's, the source. Yeah, it's good that you knew what that actually... And the actor was in Eat Enders. <laughs> Steve never wanted to correct his gra- grammatical errors. No need. No, absolutely no need. All in my head. <laughs> Is it though? Yep, big time. I didn't actually, one thing I didn't know, I did, didn't yeah, did know. You, did you learn some of those today? I didn't realise that the mighty album M People's Elegant Slumming beat them to the Mercury Prize. Yep, I remember that. You, Nos- nodded, you nodded along yep, when I said that. 1994. Part life was like the shoe in to win, mm. like with the bookies and everything, and yeah, the snobby, the snobby Mercury pies went, gave it went someone else. Went for M people, went, <laughs> went M people, they went M people, yeah. Moving on up, moving on in mm. that album. And I actually, to be fair, I didn't know that it was going to be called Soft Porn, I didn't know that. And Sport, that was mm. another potential yeah. title. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know they had a. Which US which single went into number four? Uh, number four. Girls and boys. US number four. Yeah, that's the highest chart. Because I, I was surprised because I thought it would have been song two. Yeah, I thought that was their first breakthrough hit in America. Mm. Girls and boys, apparently. Well, I four. might have to research that. Okay. Do some extra research. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, it was still certainly very much their breakthrough mm-hmm. in in England and Europe. But apart from that, not a lot of it. They didn't do a lot much else. Obviously, Oasis is definitely maybe. But it was a more of a. Inter- well, and yeah, and then what's the story just yeah. turned Oasis global, didn't it? But mm. yeah, for Blur, I mean, certainly I remember it being in the charts here for like two years straight, yeah. pretty much. It was just ubiquitous. It was. It was everything that the 90s stood for, really. I suppose it was. And it, what did you think about when they said um, The Enemy, when they said on paper it sounds like. I don't know if it said Hell on Earth, but I had to improvise because I've written Hellman's. <laughs> but in practice, it's joyous. It's not bad, is it? I know that there's a kind of little review. Yeah, but why on pa- why does it sound I like guess, hell on earth on paper? I guess what they're getting at is that the whole like the idea of British lifestyle kind of knees up Mother Brown kind mm-hmm. of idea, like and also Blur at the time had done what Life is Rubbish, right? So this is obviously looking back in hindsight, but at the time they would have gone, oh god, what's this like Blur written a pop record? Yeah, 
And what a pop record. Well, yeah, it is now, but at the time, you, you, in paper, yeah, I've really gone... Read it, read, yeah. Yeah, read you the description, maybe. Didn't Orban also, intre- didn't he say before it came out, this is going to revolutionise British music? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I think... Uh, even from those days, he his, knew he was cocky. Yeah, it was part of his grand plan, wasn't it? Like, it... It was. It sounds quite cynical. It was that much. It wasn't sort of spontaneous. It was all kind of planned. It was very much like we're going to write British sounding music, yeah. be influenced by British bands, and this is going to kind of blow away all this grunge stuff that mm-hmm. people are. Yeah. You know, Kurt Cobain died the same year, so it was a kind of sort of you know changing of the guard, very much from the grunge era to the Britpop era, certainly over here. Yeah. And if those stats are to believe, did America too? <laughs> yeah, well, I think at first only one single, I don't know if that's did it. And do you also didn't know that part of the reason why they had the Greyhounds on the front cover, that Orban had bought shares in the Greyhound recently? Yeah. I know they launched the album at a, a Greyhound. Wolfenstow? Yeah, Wolfenstow's dogs. And their, ra- their specific race like got called off because the. Against him, Orban's horse. Orban's horse. Orban's dog. <laughs> no, no, just oh. there was like a part life race. Oh. And it fucked up. Oh. Which thing you could have taken as a bad omen, but yeah. it obviously wasn't a bad omen because it, you know, it's the most successful of their. So what? Career. What's the plan for today then? Um, this is a bit of a kind of a, uh, a, a special, really. A Rockstar Club special. Yeah. Well, it's a significant album for me and you, isn't it? Yes. And it's also there'll be a lot of people who haven't kind of lived with it the way we have, and they might go and listen to it. So we'll talk about it its influence on our lives and then we'll sort of do a track by track breakdown quick quick, quick and dirty yeah because no one wants to listen to the whole thing we won't listen to the whole song so I don't know if we're even allowed to we we'll actually just... <laughs> huh <laughs> well do you shall I talk about what it means yeah, you go to me there. because it, I was saying in fact I was saying it to a customer today I put it on in the shop and I said I'm listening to this because we're doing a podcast about it and I said this is the first album I truly loved. First album, I, it wasn't the first album I ever bought, but it's the first one I truly kind of like lived with and kind of listened to over and over again until I knew every little detail and every little nuance in every song. It defines like, how you how you engage with music, didn't it? Really? Yeah, it, it was. It was the, it was the first album to do it that. It was the game changer with. because. Much as the Spin Doctor's pocket full of kryptonite, which is the first album I ever bought, yeah. I enjoyed at the time. I've yeah. never it didn't sort of influence my life in any kind of way. Whereas whereas part life dictated the way I dressed, the way I thought, the way I kind of wanted to be, uh, and my musical taste from there on. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I don't, I can't pretend I listen to it all the time now, but it will always be significant to me for that reason because of what it. You know, or oh, you think you, we had a shot based on that yeah. band, you know, yeah. we, named after a Blur song. Yeah, I define most of my look on a member of that band based mm-hmm. based on that album, and yeah, we work in a shop named after a Blur song. You know, so it's been such a important part of our lives since that fated day in 1994. Who's your out of the muses, the musicianship mm. of Coxon was always your favourite, just the way he played the guitar. I think it was his. I don't think I thought it was. I think I just thought he was cool. I think that was the first thing. I liked the way he dressed, liked the way he looked, and I thought, you know, he was quite awkward. And I sort of saw a bit of myself in him. I thought, well, if he can, oh. what bit? Yeah, 
Yes, my penis, his ass. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> just the tip. Yeah. I saw a bit of myself. Uh, and yeah, I just thought he was cool as fuck. And, you know, had posters up and just wanted to dress like him and be like him. And I was... then later, you know, you stop reading. I didn't really appreciate what made a good guitarist. But then you read about him and I remember reading that the producer, Stephen Street, it said, oh, he's the most talented guitarist I've worked with since Johnny Marr or whatever. And he's he's just amazing. So then you start listening to it and going, oh, yeah, he's, you know, he's doing stuff that most guitarists in the other mm. in other bands aren't doing. No. But I didn't appreciate that at first. That was something, mm. you know, you learn with experience. Because yeah. you, as a guitarist, you must appreciate what he's... I was appreciating Noel Gallagher's work at the time. <laughs> right. But you... The blue scale. Fuck yeah. I was going to say now. Oh, did you have a song straight away that you fell in love with? Mm, well, my sister, I've got to be honest, my sister had it before me. <coughs> she had it on cassette. Mm. And she would listen to Bad Head and... Well, she would listen to it all, but Bad Head and This Is A Low were the two songs she would always sort of rewind and listen yeah. to again. So I'd hear them a lot. So they were the, probably the ones that made me go, do you know what, this, is, this isn't just... So I'd probably heard Girls and Boys and yeah, yeah. Part Life. Yeah. But they were the songs like there's more to this than just the sort of pop aspect of yeah. it. Well, okay, if there's one song now that you would listen to straight away, this is a low. Mm-hmm. And one song that you would not listen to now, Park Life? Mm, probably Park Life just for the over, overplayedness. Yeah. And it, it's not, you know, a lot of it's just a man yapping away. Yeah. <laughs> yapping gibberish. Yeah. And it's become like that sort of. It's like a parody now, isn't it? Like anybody who says a load of things really quickly. Yeah. Someone would just say, "Bye, life." <laughs> Afterwards, it's almost become you a hear meme. Footballers, like man- football managers, the Scott yeah, Parker, yeah, I've yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's become quite funny. So you mm. can't listen to the song seriously, yeah. but when you listen to it in the context of the album, but apparently, I don't get to it. It's actually meant to be quite ironic and quite um, mildly yeah. kind of tongue-in-cheek, aggressive song. Yeah, I think. Well, he said that the whole album is basically irony. Hmm. Which kind of makes me... I didn't like it when he said that. No, because I, it's an album that means so much to you. Yeah. You think, oh, he was basically just taking the piss. Yeah. Oh, right, thanks. Yeah, thanks, I, mate. I, I suspect at the time he didn't mean... Yeah, that. yeah, exactly. I think that's a bit yeah. of hindsight, isn't it? Yeah. Trying to appear cooler. What about you? What, do you remember your first listen? Uh, the first listen, I like I said, I... You <laughs> <laughs> obviously didn't like it. I can't I must have been 15, 14, yeah. 15. Well, you were 14 when it came out. Yeah, so I must have been 14. So I listened to the first four songs... And I think it got to... Well, that's single. That's Bank two, Holiday, I think. That's three singles yeah. in the first and, Bank Holiday's Trap 5, yeah. Yep, and I think it got to Bank Holiday and I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this. So well, I took it, was it too back. Punky, too punky for Too you. punky, I think, at the time. I'm not sure why. I think, you know, just first listen, just being young. And yeah. I took it back and, and bought E17 Steam, famously. Yeah. <laughs> Steam. <laughs> Which, Steve. to be fair, is still a great album. Steve, that is a, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, you should have got should have got both. Outside it's raining, inside it's wet. You should have both of those in your collection. They're yeah. both worthy. Yeah, but I did get them both back in my collection because <laughs> I really did as ways as I got older. Yeah, like I don't know if it, I don't think it took me very long to get back into it, but you know, fourteen years old at the time was, just wasn't was right on the cusp of kind of really getting into music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Is it> just <laughs> that, back holiday. That's like, ooh, that's too. Yeah, that's too lively that's too for you. Yeah. Which is weird because I was listening to Nirvana, I guess, about yeah. fourteen, fifteen. But and you heard the first 
four tracks and you thought, mm. well, they're good. But that fifth one, oh no, they've, they've pushed me too far. I don't know what I was thinking at the time. But, but you hated Green Day at that time, yeah. didn't you? Do you think I, it was an anti No, I think I was just didn't really know what I was listening to or doing, really. Yeah. It's just a bit too... Which is what I mean, because for me, I was I fell in love with Oasis before Blur. Mm-hmm. And I can remember the first time I listened to... It must have been Rock and Roll Star. It must have been around that sort of time. When did that come out? 94? Yeah, same year. And being like, whoa, 15, maybe I was about 15, like that sort of time. But I was buying all those, all their singles mm. when they were coming out and stuff. Just, they were the band I was like, discovered first, like, yeah. before I got into Blur. And obviously as time went on, I liked Blur a lot more. And let go of Oasis. Famously, after Tony McCarroll left, right, for you? That <laughs> was your... Well, that was part of it. That was part of the nail in the coffin. <laughs> Yeah. Unlucky boys. Yeah, but anyway, should we get cracking? Um, yeah, so let's we, listen to it. Yeah. So the first track, is Girls, and, Girls boys, and Boys. Yeah. Which you is, can test test me because I this is an album I should know. You should in know order. In, order, in order. Yeah. Okay. So we'll listen to. What I do is I'm going to be very strict. I'm going to listen to put thirty seconds on. Yeah. And stop. No matter where it's yep. got to. Yep. Okay. Even if we just get intro. Even if it's just good. So you I still don't get a feel for the song, wouldn't you? Yeah. And are we going to talk through it, or should we, are we just going to listen to them? It's up to you. Well, it's only 30 seconds, or we'll just... I don't know how I know it's going to be 30 seconds, because it hasn't got any clocks on here. <laughs> so it'll probably be about 30 seconds. Is it, is it that way? You should say that. Should I just go to the first chorus? End of the first chorus. Yeah, sometimes that's going to be the ages. Well, this one we'll get to the chorus because this is a, this is an important song. Okay. So, I heard that, that song on the Ozone. That's the first time I heard it. Okay. You remember that, Jamie Thixton? <laughs> Jane Riddle Miss. Jamie Thixton, who we used to wipe. Wipe um, our ass with photos of his face. <laughs> our friend Alan, Alan McTaggart Spratley would always locate um, photos of Jamie Feaston, cut them out, and use them as toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, the very same Jamie Feaston. <laughs> Important to remember that. I saw it on that. That was, I think that was the first track I heard. Because yeah. I think that single came out before the album. That mm. was like the how bands used to do it. Well, I think they still do. They mm. do a single before <clears throat> the album, then a few, three singles from the album. Yeah. So that was the first thing I heard. It's hook. a statement of intent, isn't it? It really is. I mean, it's just killer chorus. Mm. You know, very easy. Like, it takes one listen and you, you're in. Apparently, Alex James played that to the A&R man of the record company and they were both, like, jumping up and down. He, he blasted out of windows in Covent Garden. They must have been drinking, obviously drinking or whatever. And he was like, "This is a, we're going to go stratospheric. He, they knew straight away. It. Yeah. You, you know when you've got a hit, I suppose, yeah. when it's that good. Yeah. I like the... I've heard Graham Coxon talking about the... Because it's a very sort of funky, Duran Duran-esque bass line. Yeah. And then he's trying to sort of go against that with the really jagged... Yeah. Row, yeah. Row, guitar parts, which I like the sort of juxtaposition yeah. of that. I love, That's why I was going to say, actually, I love the bass line of that song. It's like, well, my, probably one of my yeah. favourite ever bass lines. Yeah. It's just so... It's fucking good, good isn't it? It's fucking it good. It's fucking good. Yeah. Alex James at his best. Yeah. It's about... Uh, Damon and Justine went on a... That's Frischman of Elastica. Who, they were the sort of Britpop power couple at the time. They went on some 
like sort of holiday. Ooh, press the wrong button. Holiday to kind of one of those like sort of party towns okay. like Magaluf okay. or somewhere like that. I think it might have been Magaluf. And he sort of he, he said he was like fascinated by the herd going to Greece and like getting wasted and copping off. Like the this tape single came in a condom packet. Oh really? Yeah. Oh cool. Like a well, it yeah. wasn't actually, but yeah. it looked like a condom packet. Got that. Oh, wicked. That's pretty good. Must be worth a few bob now, that boy. Yeah, I don't know if I've still got it. So, you haven't got it. So, when you say got it, had it. Well, no, I bought it, yeah, had it. I don't know, I, don't know. I wouldn't have thrown it away. But, you, you know, you move houses. Mm, yeah, you, yeah. Shame if you just in a box, it. yeah. Because yeah. so, it was killer light, yeah. killer design. Yeah. Like just two people sort of necking yeah. but with a sunset in the background, mm. like, but shaped like a condom packet. Condom. A condom. Okay, <laughs> track two Tracy Jacks. Famously, Tracy Jacks. <laughs> Sorry, chat. Shame. Yeah. yeah. When you listen to them, you're actually listening. You're yeah. Like, it's fucking good. That's like the first sort of character, character, piece. character song, which is very much like a Kinks. Who kinks do you influence. know anything about who Tracy Jacks was or was meant to be? Because he, he's not based on anyone real, I guess. I don't think so. I think he's just a sort of in that tradition of, like, do you know Reginald Perrin? You mm. remember that yeah. sitcom? It's yeah. like that, that sort of spirit where yeah. it's like somebody <clears> just. Restarts their life, like disappears and then comes back, like frustrated in their sort of little suburban life. You know, plays golf, gets gets on the train to Walton. Yeah, it's Walton. nice to hear Walton yeah. get a little mensch. Yeah. Spend a lot of time there these days. Yeah, always always think about it. He doesn't get on the nays in there, which is disappointing. <laughs> you want to reference the nays. It's, that's what is maybe quite cool about it is that. It feels query Colchester to me. Like yeah. It's the first train to Walton. Like you can imagine someone getting the tra- Colchester train from Colchester Town and going down Walton. Yeah. And, and swimming the sea. Naked. Those little moments are kind of like those bits you think, oh, it feels quite Colchester. And that's the thing, partly maybe the reason why you should have more kudos in the area, I think, for those sort of little moments. You mm. know? I know it's quite London as well, but I still think, it's, it's, for me, it feels quite Essexy and quite... Yeah, well, it's a bit of both, isn't yeah. it? Like, we... We know that this is where he's from, so yeah. it kind of has that significance to us. But yeah, it's very much a London album as well. He would certainly, yeah, he would say because he say that he poo pooed a bit. Across <laughs> the, but didn't he say once he was like cycling around like Colchester to get some inspiration for stuff on his push bike? I don't know. I seem to remember that vaguely, like late latter day. Ooh, okay, <clears throat> there you go. Might see him cycle around one day. Um, but yeah, like I remember like a live album, and he's saying he's standing at the back. So that's star-shaped album. Uh, Showtime. Showtime. Yeah, he, he says, this is Tracy Jacks, he's there at the back. Yeah. 
think he's just Mike just saying that. <laughs> yeah. Saying yeah. something for the sake of it. But again, it's just a killer. Is it a single? No. 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 They still play that live now. That's. Yeah, well, it's, I think because it's track two on their big album. Mm. You're, I mean, it's almost as famous as a single, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. And it's so, again, it's so catchy. So yeah. memorable straight away. Yeah, good it's got BVs. that repeti- repetition of yeah. the Tracy Jacks line. Lovely bit later on the middle eight that and then it happened on a Tuesday morning, like quite Beatlesy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it definitely has got a little bit of that kind of McCartney kind of. Yeah, like Ellen and Rigby, sort yeah. of one of those kind of character character pieces. But yeah, yeah I know he was listening to a lot of the Kinks. And again, another good example of um, jangly, that kind of like cutty kind of jangly guitar. Yeah, kind of, so, <coughs> yeah, and then mixing rhythm and. Yeah lead stuff and that was what's maybe quite cool about the way he played the guitar is that he was quite able to do that he wasn't just like pumping along no he wasn't just a chords guy yeah. he was mixing he was, up the rhythms yeah. and mixing yeah. up the playing little hammer-ons yeah. and doing the odd solo yeah Plus, that's, that's a good one too to start with and then you got another single track three end of a century Sometimes though, I would always think those sort of guitars like, ah, 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 would some would almost pull drag a song back a little bit, but it seems to work. This yeah, well, it's because he he doesn't just do that all yeah. the way through. He's mixing out with those deal yeah. little, little like little that runs kind of, and because sometimes great on you. Sometimes if you're doing that too much, yeah. But it seems to work with this album. I don't know what it is. Like, the guitars are kind of like do you have acoustic acoustic in the background, which is yeah. quite washy. But another song that's sort of about the kind of mundane and literally that opening line, mm. him and Justine had ants, <laughs> had an ant infestation, yeah. and then so that kicks off a yeah. another really. I mean, again, it is quite. But his vocals 60s-y. are quite uh, confident as well, right? The way yeah. he kind of like delivers the lines are quite kind of like in there straight away. There's not. It's, it's quite. It's a confident way of like. Delivering that 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 melody, it's just quite almost not punky, but he's like you know ants in a carpet. He could yeah. he hasn't sung it softly. He's just gone straight in there. Yeah, they're deep. front and center, aren't yeah. they? He's not trying to hide anything. Yeah, he's not. He hasn't, hasn't done a kind of softly, softly way of no. doing it. That's true. But again, that was a single. It's a beautiful song, that isn't it? Really, yeah. But even though I hear that now, I don't really ever get annoyed by that one. No, even as a single. But yeah, because it doesn't, because it was like the fourth single away. I think it was the last single off the album, so it didn't get that same. The album had been done by that point, right? Yeah, They'd done the done the work. So it doesn't get played as much as like your part life or mm. girls and boys. So no, not that they not that they particularly annoy me, but yeah, you do hear them on the radio or, or on, indie clubs. Yeah, or on 
TV or whatever. Yeah. If you ever go into a, like a like a university student night and it's indie section, they would probably pay park life or girls and boys over yeah. anything else. I'd have thought so. But Anderson, it's kind of a mid-tempo one, isn't it? You can't really dance to it. No, I would. <laughs> You'd give it a go. What moves would you pull out for that one? <laughs> Listeners, his thumbs are up in a sort of Paul McCartney style. Uh, <laughs> Paul McCartney does Harold Bishop. <laughs> He's sort of along. So do come to an indie club and just to see Steve do that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have that single? Did you buy that single? Um, I, I bought that one on yeah, CD. Yeah, I don't remember. It had the B sides were rubbish, like really. They, they always did the pretty di- shit B sides. Yeah, didn't they? the difference that was one of the big differences between Oasis and Blur. Yeah. So Oasis had good cracking, B-sides. cracking B sides. The whole piece, the whole piece was always good. Blur often didn't bother with B sides, particularly just not remix asked, or something. Or like, yeah, remix or just a joke song. Yeah. That one had a song that like. Uh, it was Graham putting on a, an American accent. Uh, called I think it's called Rednecks. Oh, yeah. And then a song Alex wrote. Ah, Rednecks. Yeah, so, like, yeah, he's yeah. singing like that. Yeah. There's a song Alex wrote, and they've put a weird effect on his vocal, so it look, he sounds like Pinky or Perky or the Chipmunks or whatever. Oh. And so you can't even really hear the song; it's like a piss take. Mm. And that's your two B sides. That's mm. the value I got. I already had the the main song. Yeah, so you just bought it for the sake of it. I bought well, I bought it to. Hear the B sides mm. because there was no Spotify yeah. in those days, and what a waste of money that was. Mm. It was like collecting it, weren't you at the time? Supporting you, family. Fandom. I was a fan here. Yeah. Track four. Track four is Part Life. Part Life! The title track. Mm-hmm. Famously featuring. What's his chops? Phil Daniels. Yeah, from EastEnders. EastEnders. Not, <laughs> like, he wasn't, from, East he wasn't yeah. from EastEnders at the time, was he? Certainly not. Apparently we were going to get him to do or perform on another song, but he hadn't written the lyrics yet. Yep, the debt collector. Yep. So. We all know this one. Mickey knows it. Hey! Hey! You should just shop! You should just shop! I've heard versions of it from before they recorded it. So Damon's doing yeah, the the lines, the yeah, the verses, and obviously gigs where Phil Daniels is not there, yeah. so he sings them, and it's not it's not the same. Something about Phil Daniels' delivery in that. Yeah, I I, I feel sorry for them. I, I shouldn't do, but in a way, being this is going to sound really stupid, but saddled with that song as being a kind of like big hit. Yeah, because it's that kind of thing where you write a kind of bit of a kind of tongue-in-cheek pop song and it just goes fucking massive yeah. and then you're kind of forever saddled with one and you want to be like more of a serious artist yeah because that'd be for a lot of people that'd be the only one they know that's the sort of song right if you're in rehearsal and you're like we'll just do it once get it over with and then we won't bother doing it again yeah we don't need to practice this one yeah because we, ha- we used to have songs like that wouldn't you that you didn't really want to play because they didn't have, they didn't have even though you knew you had to play them they didn't really have much depth so you just didn't bother <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah, anybody sort of industry people like no you've got to play that one yeah 
you got to play that one. That's your, yeah. that's your big single. Yeah. Oh, f- f- <laughs> yeah. And I can imagine that's kind of how they would feel about it. So I suppose, like, for example, Nirvana smells like Teen Spirit slightly would probably be in like that. Creep. Creep. Um, yeah, I bet they get... What's lift- that coming over the hill? Is it a monster? <laughs> Yeah, although I don't oh, Tequila, it makes me happy. Yeah. Place Your Hands by Reef. I wish some television would be grateful. Just mm, maybe you just are. I don't good... know. Maybe I'm being a bit too. But, yeah, well, but... well, with Blur, when they've got such a big back catalogue, yeah. they are probably like. I get. I bet they get little to no enjoyment out of playing it. Yeah. Maybe live you would, but I bet they don't rehearse it much. No. Well, you wouldn't need It's pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose it's just as long as you. you remember remember when a double chorus comes in yeah. or whatever. But you have to try and remember when you first heard it. It was like, that doesn't sound like anything else no. I've ever heard. No. And it's such a cool video as well. Yeah. A really iconic video. Cops yeah. with a little dog. Yeah. And his yellow sunglasses. Mm. Obviously wanted a pair of those. Yeah. I was trying to Found get something my, in Camden. Trying to get my hair cut like um, Coxon. Yeah. And we were like, trying to like, take a screenshot of like, you know, pausing the video. <laughs> yeah. And trying to get your hair. <laughs> yeah. That's, how that's I what I want. That's how I want back. Because he spins around where he's got his dog and he spins around. And yeah. a bit, I paused it and I was like, I want my hair looking like that. Yeah. Sort of modish. Because mm. he was, there was kind of a new mod revival at that point. Yeah. Like just the Fred Perry's and yeah, the, yeah. the haircuts that they had yeah. more specifically cops on them. Yeah. But even the video is quite cartoony, isn't it, as well? The whole yeah. thing is quite Ice larger than the light and the stupid stuff. street. There was like this fake street kind of look and mm. everything was bright coloured and Hello. My name is Bernard two thousand and one. You might recognise me from my collaborations with Radiohead and Stephen Hawking. I actually did a lot of his heavy lifting for him. Anyway, I'm here to tell you about Best Days Vintage. If you like sustainable vintage fashion, feel-good prints, and positive well-being, then they're the guys for you. Visit them at 40 Old Lane, Colchester, or online at bestdaysvintage.co.uk. Peace out, mother crushers. They're just larking around. Kind of, yeah. Still, like, even in that, to me, anyway, they still look cool, cool. as fuck. Yeah. I thought... But mm. one person's call is another man's mm. naff. Uncool. Now, you've already revealed that track five is a bank holiday. Yep. Which now is one of my favourites, but at the time... Rocker, hold on to your butts. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Take it back. Get me some steam. Peter. Daughter. Daughter. Sneakers. Delicious. Classic. We, I think now listening to the album, you need that one there. Yeah, like you need a bit of a the rocky ones because this. But isn't it? It sounds so different to Modern Life Is Rubbish, even. Because they were, you know, they were doing rocky ones in those days. It's just this one just sounds brighter. It does, doesn't it? 
like they'd taken a step forward with the songwriting, I think, production. and the production. Yeah. And they did from then on in. They did. They always had one sort of yeah. punky song yeah. per album. Yeah. And that's. I mean, there's other sort of rocky ones on this album, but that's the one sort of like really short kind yeah. of. They'd always play it live, and it would yeah. like play it get faster and faster, and it just yeah. be. The mad ones. And that's what was kind of cool about. They still had the mad, the mad. Yeah, because they had that. Like, if you listen to the band that Blur were before they were Blur, Seymour, and it's all kind of that sort of punky, hmm. really noisy, like breakneck speed, kind of messy stuff. So they they still had that in them. Hmm. I like I like the fact that they they sort of nod to that on every album and kind of have that in them. And like light as part of the live show, they they used to do like two or three really quick ones in a row yeah. they do like pop scene and bank holiday and then like a I don't know whatever the one off the next album was Globe Alone or something like that and it, it like if you'd had a couple of ballads before suddenly you were like pogoing yeah, pumped and, again yeah. yeah really fucking good yeah, and that's that's the song because it's so short as well like I never if that ever comes on I'm like always happy to yeah. happy to have yeah. it Yeah, like great drum fills as well and it's there. you know you've had well, it's track five. Out of the five tracks, you had three singles. Yeah. Big talk. That's big talk for an album. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Okay, so then you're going on to the next track, track six. That's... Is that Badhead? Yes. Now you're going to start Phew. getting challenged. Yeah. Now, yeah. This, what? We're still on track side one of the cassette, aren't we? Yep. Beauty in it, yeah, fucking good. That's just a great song. And again, it's like where you slice it. The guitar's like boom, ding, ding, ding. But underneath it, you got that you acoustic, got the, bass. the bass and the acoustic, yeah. kind of strumming acoustic, and they're just kind of just pushing it along. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like it's dragging. Never. And it's just that's just a great tune. It's just a a beautiful melody. I mean, he's just singing about having a hangover, essentially, or a touch of flu. Mm. <laughs> but you know. It still but, it grabs you. Yeah, romanticised. Yeah, yeah. You put it to that that melody, and it. Just and we're kind of halfway through the album. Kind of, we're getting into like halfway territory of the album, and so it's kind of like those album tracks now coming through. But they still play that live. But even nowadays, they're still rel- they're still likely to play that one, aren't they, at a gig? I'd like to think so. I'd be disappointed if they didn't. Mm. And all that, all their, you know, all their back catalogue. In the last time we saw them. I think, I'm pretty sure they played it. Okay, then we move on to I forgot what number we're on now. Track seven. Is that the debt collector? Correct, Monday. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Is this the last track on side one? No. Far, far out? Is that next? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's the end of track one. Instrumental right, this one. Yep. <laughs> this this is one of those bits that well, I mean it just sounds like I mean Liam Gallagher used to call it chimney sweep music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can hear why. Yeah. Like seaside but, music. Yeah. But it gives it gives the album character and personality to me. Yeah, because they could have easily not had this album here. No. And you wouldn't have missed it. <clears throat> no, but again, it like it was like nothing else. No other band I knew would like doing this kind of thing. Quite instrumental, it's quite beach boys uh, beach boysy. Yeah, it's got a bit of beach boys in there and that yeah, a bit of sort of like that music hall kind mm. of Yeah. But again, they had like British more than like Robert, right? They had a couple of instruments. Yeah, so in they, had it, sort of they had vein, it in them, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the pier reminds yeah. you of sort of yeah. being on the pier. So they had that again. It's like a development from that album, right? They had they were already kind of tweak. They were kind of flirting with that kind of this album in a modern life rubbish album. Yeah, it's not. It's not a million miles away. It's, it just feels like a very natural progression. Yeah, bright, again, it just sounds brighter. Yeah. Bit more, bit more budget, I guess, yeah. and yeah, everyone okay. was better. So the next out song is the last track on the cassette of side one. Yeah, I know this because you used to listen to this, and then if you turn the cassette straight over, yeah, you missed the beginning of the first track of side two. Oh, so you had to let it wind through a little bit. Mm. But the, yeah, so this is Alex James sings this one. Oh yes. He wrote this one, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Since remembering his book, he said he really struggled with this one. <laughs> Maybe the pressure of um having a song on yeah. a big album, yeah. Which is, you know, well, it's the only song he's had on any any album. Choice and song, like which song to have on the album. It's another one you could probably not have had, and it's a good little tune. But again, I've, I feel like it gives it more personality. This is another thing, it's like it's quirky. They're painting a picture, right? Yeah, I mean, he's essentially just listing a load of uh, stars and planets. Mm. And it's a nice chorus. Yeah. It's a good song. It's a nice melody. And it's I think it's just continuing it's that. It's quite short as well. Yeah, doesn't outstay its welcome. It's like a tribute to Sid Barrett, I think is the guy that he's referenced. Who was like original member of Pink Floyd, who was a drug casualty. Mm. But he used to write all these trippy kind of songs like that. Mm. So it's kind of a tip of the hat to that again, a British heritage. Which, which is, I think, why think they that he kept that on the album. He would have come to the guys. Go, guys have written a song. Yeah, I've often wondered this. Like, like did he did, did he happen? push for it or? Because did... I seem to remember him saying he felt the pressure right, recording this. Yeah. Well, I guess recording it. If they'd said right, this is going to go on the album, yeah. I think then. Yeah. And he must have known. Well, this is going to be a big yeah. album, but that probably financially, um, he must have been, because that would have given him a bit of mm. bigger share of the pie. Writing a song, and I remember 
at the time because they were massive they were like in select magazine every every week and they selected a big sort of like track by track analysis of every Blur song ever ever written it was like my Mm -hmm. that's my favourite episode of any magazine ever and they they said that Albon gets the lion's share of like the royalties Coxon gets the second most because he has like arrangement Mm. ideas like he's kind of integral with that then Alex gets a little bit more than Dave because he wrote a couple of songs. But I, I, I think I'd miss it if it wasn't on him. Mm. Well, yeah, I suppose because you say love his album now, but if he hadn't, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a long fucking album, isn't it, really? With 16 yeah. tracks on it. Okay, so the next one is... London Loves? Is it To The End? To The End. To The End, yeah. Single. Yeah. Uh, what a single. Uh-huh. This is like one of you know, one of my favourites. All the slow ones, obviously. There's that guitar again. Apparently Justine did the vocals for this for the demo. Bring yourself I, didn't to stop want, I didn't one. want to stop it, yeah. Too good to stop. But it's such a good fucking chorus. Yeah. I love the way he's like, because it's understated the music, but his vocals just kind of take it up a notch. But the music yeah. itself doesn't really. And there's that kind of tremolo guitar, that. Yeah. When it goes into those chords, yeah. Beautiful. Soaring strings. Yeah. And the B side, it's a French, he sings it in French, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't know if it's the B side to that. Particular I've heard single, it but it, yeah, it came. I think it's a B side to something else. But they got on that version because I think they wanted the woman who does it on that B side mm. to be the, the singer. I think that's who influenced mm. the track. But uh, she must have been unavailable or just turned it down, mm. <laughs> thinking like never heard of them. So they got the singer out of Stereo Lab, oh. Letitia Sadier, I think her name is, to do the French bits. And then later on, when she realised that it had been a big hit, I think. Yeah. I can't remember who the French lady is. But then they do a version, yeah, where he's singing it in French as well. Yeah. I, sw- I think Francois. that's... I want to say Francois... Oh, something like Hardy? That, Francois yeah. Hardy? Yeah, that sounds alright. Maybe. Yeah, just, yeah, he's missing. In a demo, yeah. she sings the kind of, sort of sort of melody over it. I believe. I'd like to hear that. Mm. Then we go into a bit of a more rocky one. Then is it London? London loves. We were close to calling our shop London loves. <laughs> we were, yeah. 
was up, it was up there, wasn't it? It was in the semi-finals at least. It was. It was definitely a strong contender because we, we was we were playing on that whole. Well, we've just moved from London. Yeah, but we, we felt like maybe people thought we were arrogant. Yeah, exactly. Probably, it probably would have been quite a good shot. One of my less favourite ones, yeah. I think. You know, I mean, I like all of them, obviously, but this part, yeah, this and the next one are kind of lower down my favourite list. I mean, it's good. It's solid. It's a good song. Again, I think they're. I like, love the guitar in it. It's like slick. I think they're just kind of important for the sort of themes mm. of the album and the, the personality again like I, I think he was in front there's a book called London Fields I think which what, it was mm. what kind of inspired a lot of the stuff on the album I think it's written by someone called Martin Amis I want to say and I think yeah this this whole London kind of aspect of the album was influenced by that mm. but yeah it's you know I like the bit at the end with the radio kind of that's the A12 talk yeah, isn't it going yeah. on in the background uh, yeah, I like the atmosphere of the song. It's maybe, yeah, it's maybe it's not the strongest song mm. on its own, but I kind of like the vibe of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still working at top, painting the picture. Yeah, it's still, you know, still a good chorus, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I like the guitar's brilliant in that one. Doodle 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 loop. I mean, it's hard to play that. Oh yeah, like, is that hammer-ons? Is that what yeah, you call that? Yeah, digga, 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 it's digga, like digga, digga, really digga. tight, isn't it? Yeah, like there's some like dexterous yeah. finger stuff going on there. Uh, next song. Is it? Trouble in the message sent in it. You don't like this one. I don't dislike any of them, mm. but it's like again, it's not one of your favourites. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rocky one. Yeah. about well I bought loads of books about Blur at this time of my life but there was one and it said every track on Part Life is a masterpiece it's like scrolling for a radio station but each station is a different mm-hmm. genre and 
but just as good a track or whatever. Except for Trouble at the Message Centre, which sounds like ga- recycled Gary Newman crap. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a book specifically about Blur. Mm. I always remember that. Mm. I take a pop at that it's, one. I think I, it's the melody. It's a very, like, just... Uh, it's that sort There isn't the much flow to the kind of vocal line. Yeah, like that's true. It's I mean, the, I don't know it's how it's deliberate, but it's just... I think that's why they. Yeah, well, I think it is. Like I think he's going for that Gary yeah. Newman robotic yeah. vibe. I Crap. think that's yeah. And well, yeah, according to them, that's clearly deliberate choice. Again, yeah. it's like a nod of the head to another British yeah. sort of genre yeah. and songwriter. But I, yeah, I always like the atmosphere of that one. You like? Yeah. yeah. Again, yeah, you're right. It's not the most expressive melody, and he's obviously a master of melody. But yeah. it's still, yeah. I think because that one you don't hear, you don't hear that one as much. Mm. Because it's sort of when the buried, chorus comes in, it kind of like yeah, pick, picks it picks up. up yeah, it's sort of buried in the middle of side two. It's yeah. kind of like it's not the first, certainly not the first track you'd think of. No, if you're on Pointless and it was like name tracks from the Park Life, Park Life yeah, that would be it. Might be a pointless answer. Mm. Mm. And famously, well, I say famously, obviously not famously, but in our life, famously, that backing vocal that Coxon does in the chorus, that yeah. ooh la la la, we basically did that. Ripped, ripped that off for a song which in our first incarnation of a band where uh, the singer was not the singer so. was not <laughs> not enamoured with us yeah, with our performance no he was going for a much <laughs> yeah much angrier vibe and we were sort of in the background Ooh, la, going, la, Ooh, la 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 <laughs> we, he felt like he was being undermined yeah. with our ooh la la's but I mean if anything we were trying to help <laughs> just trying to help <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, la, la, la. <laughs> yeah, mm. he's quite the juxtaposition. Did his, didn't his mate say to him, well, yeah, "Oh, it's great, but your two mates got, in the background, Ooh, la, la, ring. <laughs> yeah, they got no respect for themselves or for you." <laughs> I just remember that. I don't think we did it again because we were scared of him. Hmm. Can you remember the next track? Is it Clover over Dover? Bingo. Again, like that, it has reminds me of Golden Brown by the Stranglers, that harpsichord part. And this, I can't remember what Beatles track it is that has the little harpsichord part in it, like that. But again, little nods to sort of. Yeah, it's deliberate. Oh, yeah, definitely. Everything he does is deliberate. And he is a. I think he's freely admitted that he rips people off. Like, it's just about ripping the right people off. That's what he's always. At the right time. mm, That's what he said. But that that's probably my track I'd lose. Mm-hmm. That's probably my least favourite track. Uh, and again, 
I still like it. Yeah. It's still tuneful. Yeah. Again, nice atmosphere. Another sort no. of reference to another part of it's England. Got a nice guitar. Lovely guitar line. Mm. Uh, they've never played that one live. Too hard. Too yeah. Too too difficult to pull off live. Cool. <laughs> Next track. I've lost the number. What we're on now? Is it, is it Magic America? Bingo. Next. say about that one yep it's an early favourite of mine is it yeah I think because I like the, the la yeah. la 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 oh, sorry didn't get to the bit of course that's fine I've heard it before yeah. so uh, it was an early favourite I like the chorus specifically the verses don't do that much for me but I find it interesting that it was clearly so sort of planned out that on this album it was like America this is all about England mm. This is British. We're influenced by British bands. We sound English. We're singing about England, and oh, America's a big joke. Shopping malls, hmm. Channel Forty Four, whatever it is, you know. Do you think it's because they felt bitter after like the the, the failures of the tours? And yeah, stuff. I think so. there's an element of that definitely. Like you've been sick of the place when I wrote it. But there. then by two albums later, it was Look Inside America. Yeah, she's all right. Yeah, she's all right. So they ch- totally changed the tune. Like so cynical. Yeah. Like you know now. Oh, you yeah, know now. Now we want America to like us. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's still a great, still a great yeah. song in my eyes. Although I, it came on on shuffle in uh, our car the other day, and my lady wife said she, she finds that song annoying. Hmm. She couldn't explain why. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is important. Why? Yeah. Do you hate it? Just do. Just annoying. Ah. Oh. Yeah. I always want to yeah. have a musical debate with her, but she won't do it. No. She doesn't get drawn in. <laughs> there you that, go. Well, you can't really argue with it, can you? Really? Yeah. Into our... no, no need to talk about why. No. Snit. What, what don't you like about it? All of it. Brilliant. <laughs> up, next track. Uh, must be about 11 now. 10. Is it Jubilee? We hit Jubilee? Hey! Go up! Searching, 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 Stone Cold Classic. Yeah, uh, and they still play that now. They do. It's always good. Do you find it quite sneery? He's talking, obviously, talking about another character. Yeah. In a sneery way? uh, Or do you feel you're on his side? It's kind of like the outsider kind of kid, isn't he? Yeah. 
Divvy. Yeah. <laughs> Divvy. I don't know if you get away with saying Divvy. Yeah. You go on Divvy, too much telly. Yeah. yeah. He's just talking about a little dweeb. Yeah. <laughs> a little outside the dweeb. Who, you know, I probably was at that point. Mm. But, yeah, I didn't. I don't think I noticed at the time that it was sneering. I didn't feel, like, patronised yeah. or anything. Just that kind of a character. Yeah. I don't think he's necessarily having a go at Billy's dad, Billy Banker? Yeah. <laughs> and he would, when he'd sing it, he'd make the sort of wanker. Yeah. Sign with his penis. So area. you basically are meant to be on Jubilee. I think so. Yeah, yeah. The, the character side, aren't yeah. Because yeah, his dad's a wanker. He's yeah. butane. That's like a gas, gas. that people yeah. used to sniff. Yeah. A bit like kind of sniffing glue or whatever. It's kind of a and plastic bag. People used to do something with plastic bags. Put a shopping in it. No, <laughs> like light plastic bags. And is that where they got the butane from? Maybe I don't know. I don't know the technique. Kids, don't try it at home. No, don't. But yeah, you certainly. Do. I was saying that the other day. Like, you, do people still sniff glue? Is that a thing? Or is that too more, retro? They, they do those little gas things. Now, yeah, I see a lot of them lying around. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, not where I live. But what's near where I live? Okay. <laughs> now we've probably then it's track the, t- 11, 12. It's the big one, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I love how that one goes in. Goes into that. You get a little link there. I know they had a good one without this. Them backing vocal, yeah, as well. Yeah, oh, it's got it all that song. Oh, that's like one of the best. I've, I'm pretty sure we've spoken about it before in one of the yeah. podcasts, like the best songs ever written or something. That's the one we got when Coxon left the band and we were going to see him without Coxon. Oh, yeah, we were playing all of the loads of blur in our shop, and I was playing the air guitar or a coat hanger to his guitar solo. And he walked down the stairs, and I was playing it, playing the air guitar to it, and he shook his head and walked straight back out again. Shamed. It was a low. Yeah. I bet for you. For both of us. Yeah. He didn't come yeah. back for ages after that. Didn't, you know, I felt bad about that because I didn't mm. want to upset him. No. Well, it wasn't deliberate. No. Don't worry, Steve. No. <laughs> if you're listening, Graham, which you won't be, didn't do that deliberately, honestly. Yeah. It's a tribute, if anything. Because I put, uh, you put like, an, you remember you put elastic bands within the hooks <laughs> on the coat hangers, you can get a twang out of it. Yeah. So you can't get a couple just, of notes, couldn't you? Yep. It's sort of the next level up from an air guitar. Yeah. It was a rubber band yeah. guitar. Yeah, you could actually twang it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just that's the high point of the album. I think that's the song I would play to someone if they hadn't heard yeah. Blood. I'd say, listen yeah. to this. This is And that's also beautiful. got 
in my one of one of the best guitar solos ever. The best written. guitar solos ever written. It always hit, when they play it live. It's like always like sort of the high point. Yeah, it's like the end of the gig, isn't it? And yeah, they, you know it's a, they, everyone knows it's a fucking banger that song. It's yeah. just such a great chorus. And again, the Britishness, like it's a sort of referencing the shipping forecast, mm. like all the areas of the shipping forecast. It's kind of he went goes round the British Isles. He was having an operation on his hernia to have a hernia fixed mm. or whatever and Alex James bought him a handkerchief with the British oh, shipping yeah. areas on there and that's what he came out of the operation and imagine sort of, where he wrote how he just yeah, wrote these songs like fucking hell yeah from a handkerchief and this is the last track I believe right lot 105 <laughs> after that to this They described that once as being fucked up the arse by Barbara Windsor. Blimey. <laughs> like, after the big epicness of... Yeah. Uh, well, this is they, could, they could have just finished this as a yeah. couldn't they? But I think it... But I mean, it's a nice way. It's like a kind of little nod to like the rest of the album. Yeah, it, it suits This is it, a is the one that stands out of being different to the rest of it. That I feels so. like a very much part of the album again. Yeah, again, you've got that sort of end of the pier... Yeah. Lot 105 refers to the... I think they bought it in an auction and it was Lot, lot 105. But yeah, it sort of almost ends with a joke. Like, rather than have the big epic ending, yeah. they end with a sort of... Yeah. Which I think suits it. It suits the album. Although, you, 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 I do sometimes think if they just left it on that... But they do play that when they, when they play live. But yeah. they do play, they used to play that live, though, didn't they, that one? Yeah. yeah. I think on that Showtime video, I think they, that's, they come onto that. That's what they play first, and then they go into Sunday Sunday off the oh. back off the back of. Pretty sure that's what happens. But again, I think it just shows the personality of the album, and it's got such a distinct feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no other band doing doing that, having those little instrumentals that sound like a mental kind of waltzer. No, and yeah. quite like the sounds are like kind of generated from what is kind of like mm. keyboards as well. It's cool. Yeah. It's good pianist in the old pom. Yeah, you can do it all. Yeah, the guy. Well, that's it. That, that's part life. I hope we've brought a little bit of insight. <laughs> you know, this has been basically been like reminiscing one of Tim Burgess's listening parties, yeah. parties but without anybody involved. In anybody the album. relevant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if that's what you want. Yeah. That's the podcast you've just listened to. Mm. Well, yeah, if you don't, and if you don't like Blur Park Life, sorry, probably have, you probably haven't got this far. Yeah. And if you do like Blur Park Life, then maybe you have got this far. So well done. Yeah. Congratulations. You get a special treat. I'll save Rockbusters. I might as well do. Yeah, it. Save, yeah. So that's the Fad Rockstar Club special. Yeah. Hope you've enjoyed it. See you next week. I love you. Goodbye. Part life.